You're listening to WNHU 2, the online student stream from the University of New Haven. This is the Joint Pain Sports Podcast. I'm Christy Geronimo. With me today is Matt Schaefer, our special guest. How you guys doing? It's good to be on. All right, today we decided to do a special edition of the podcast because obviously a lot of sports is going on, and we just want to recap everything that's gone on the past week. So we want to start off with the big Bryce Harper news. Well, Chris, it's been marinating for about a week now, and I'm still <laughs> just as excited as I was last week. Uh, just give a little background. Matt is a big Phillies fan. I'm a big Mets fan, so we're going to clash here. We're going to disagree on, on some things, but just buckle up and get ready to go. So let's get to it. All right, so a little bit on Bryce Harper. Obviously, he's been phenom since he was about 14 or 15 years old. Um, when he was in the minors, single A, little fun fact Chris I uh when he was in single A I went to a Lakewood Blue Claws game Phillies minor league team while he was on the Hagerstown Suns and the Hagerstown Suns won one nothing on a Bryce Harper solo home run <laughs> so at that game I happened to catch a foul ball and after the game went up to the field and got little Bryce Harper autographs still sitting in the mantle on the basement so nice, nice. it's been a long time coming that he's a Philly so Contracts, 13 years, $330 million. Biggest contract of all time. (laughs) Definitely. Um, Just a quick note about that is obviously it's going to be a bad contract at some point. But until then, perennial MVP candidate and sign me up for that. Um, Obviously, this is the biggest move for the Phillies all offseason. They've had a really active offseason, though, so... Um, but with how public the whole Bryce Harper negotiation was the entire season, and even into the off season, it really would have seemed like a colossal failure for the Phillies to not sign Bryce Harper. Um, yeah, because yeah, like I just said, they were in it the whole time. Like they're, they're always uh, a contender to get him. So if they didn't get him, obviously it would have been a big disappointment for Phillies fans everywhere because they were in it since the beginning. So uh, now, how do you think this impacts the NL East? Do you think that they, it makes them the favorite, or do you think they have to gel and try to like get the pieces together? So, I mean, obviously the Phillies had a big offseason. They signed Andrew McCutcheon. They traded for Gene Segura. They signed David Robertson. They traded for JT Realmuto. Hmm. I mean, the Phillies are way better on paper this year than they were last year. Yep. But I still think they're a starting pitcher and a, another solid relief pitcher away from being contenders to win the division and um, be a real threat in the playoffs, but as of right now, I see him as maybe a wild card team. Maybe they could sneak in, win a wild card game. Yeah, so like now, my thing with Bryce Harper is that he's never been out of the first round of the playoffs with the Nationals. They're always the favorite to win the NL East, and then <laughs> they never really did anything with that. So, do you think he turns it around, or do you think he continues that like lackluster performance in the playoffs? I mean. It's it's tough to really say. I mean, there's guys that are built for the playoffs, and there's guys that yeah. aren't built for the playoffs. Um, but you don't really know until you see them in a bigger stage because some guys like the bigger pressure. I mean, obviously yeah. the playoffs are still the playoffs, and yep. it really it takes a lot to get there in the MLB. Uh-huh. So, I mean, it's tough to really say, but I th- I'm hoping, hoping <laughs> he turns it around. Smaller ballpark out in Philly. Yep. Um, hitter friendly, very hitter friendly. <laughs> um, 
I don't know. I'm excited to just go to the Citizens Bank this summer, maybe eat a couple cheesesteaks while I'm watching Bryce Harper, <laughs> maybe watch Aaron Nola strike out a few guys. But. Yeah. No, the biggest thing, and he has, he's very familiar with the NL East, obviously coming from uh, Washington. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's a good fit for him, good, to, good for him to stay within the division and hopefully it helps the Phillies bring a championship back to D.C., as he said. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> that, that was hilarious when he said that. Um, something else that really popped up during this uh, situation, and even like a couple days after, is he was talking to Mike Trout uh, the entire time about what it's like in Philadelphia because Mike Trout's a South Jersey guy. Uh-huh. Um, and then a quote came out that Bryce Harper said, uh, if you don't think I'm going to try to bring Mike Trout here uh, in yeah. 2020, you're crazy. <laughs> And then the Angels said something about tampering to the MLB. I think that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, but it almost feels like Mike Trout was recruiting Bryce Harper to go to Philly so Mike Trout can come there in two years. Yeah. Just putting it out there. You never um, know. Yeah. But now, uh, looking at the contract that Bryce Harper got and the talent that he has, how much money do you think Trout's going to get in free agency? I mean, like, I it, think it, could, it, could, it could break what Harper got. I was talking to a guy at work today, and the number we came up with was probably between three seventy-five and four hundred million. Yeah, it's definitely possible. With yeah. the talent he has is crazy. And I think what's interesting is he's undisputedly the best player in baseball, but it almost feels like we take it for granted because hmm. no one really talks about him because it's just such a steady clip, and you almost just expect the greatness from him. Yeah, but I think it's also the market he's in. He's on mm-hmm. the Angels; they don't really get that much TV coverage. I mean, if he was on the, on the Dodgers, forget about it. He would have been, yeah, like the the greatest forget player ever. <laughs> but I mean, the Angels they haven't been really successful. He's only made the playoffs like what, like once in his career. I think once, yeah. I think they're really wasting his talent there out in, in uh, Anaheim. But if they build around him within the next two years, I mean, he, they could they could keep him there if they if yeah. they show him that they're trying to win with him. I mean, but, I think what it comes down to is he. If they want to re-sign him, they can't let him get the free agency. They probably have to start working on an extension after this yeah, season. Yeah, definitely. Otherwise, I mean, they might as well just trade him, get what they can, and then let him walk. Hmm. Yeah, they could do what they what the Rockies do with Arenado. Just give him that yeah. big extension now, and then hopefully. Yeah, I'm excited out. to see Arenado. I think he's he's my pick to win the NL MVP this year. It's a good pick. Um, I don't know how much the contract negotiations really affected him, hmm. but I think he's the best third baseman in baseball, in my opinion. Definitely, yeah. Both offensively and defensively. Great yeah, all-around third baseman. But I think with the contract extension, I think it just settles settles him down. He doesn't have to worry about that mm-hmm. for another, what, what was it, seven years? Extension. Yeah, now he can just play ball. Yep. Money's what he loves there. to do. Yep. In a great ballpark in Colorado. Oh, so man, that just, high altitude uh, <laughs> makes the ball really fly out there. Yep. I mean, it could boost her. The, it, uh, what is it called? Pads his stats a little bit there in Colorado, mm-hmm. but he still he, he still does the same thing on the road, so it doesn't yeah. really matter to him. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so you're listening to WNHU two, the online student stream service for the University of New Haven. This is the Joy and Pain Sports Podcast. Talking some baseball right now. All right, so uh, want to move on to the news about uh, Tom Seaver? Yeah, absolutely. All right, so Tom Seaver yesterday was diagnosed with uh, dementia. One of the greatest pitchers of all time. He was the highest-rated uh, Hall of Famer before um, Ken Griffey Jr. broke his records. Like he was mm-hmm. almost unanimous. Great, great pitcher. Great history. He he is he's the Mets organization. Mm-hmm. But uh, one thing 
And then I heard that the Mets are going to uh, build a statue for him sometime this season. But one thing I think about that is that I, I love the Mets organization. I back them up 100%. I defend their moves all the time. But it's it kind of like it's, it's uh, how do I put it, like bittersweet that they're doing a statue now mm-hmm. when the fans have been begging for a statue for decades. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, the way the way I'm looking at it is, I mean, you kind of have to look at it as a better late than never kind of thing. I but, so. I mean, at this point, I mean, he's, his wife asked for privacy in this time hmm. um, until he passes away eventually. Um, I think, from my perspective, how would you feel if they waited until he passed away and then they kind of did it as a memorial as opposed to building a statue now when he's not even going to come to the ceremony? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's it's just a bad situation. Both both in both uh, ways, it's bad because he'll see it now, but then he won't probably won't remember it when right. uh, when they do it. And then if you do it, if he dies, kind of as a tribute to him. But I think I think it's better to do it while he's still living, so he, he has that mm-hmm. he gets that publicity and gets his he gets what he deserves. Yeah, I mean, even before I was a Phillies fan, um, I really became a Phillies fan when uh. Like Ryan Howard, Shane Victorino, Cole yeah. Hamels, those guys broke into the league because oh. of uh, the minor league team where I used to go watch them. So that's why I became a Phillies fan. Before that, I was a Mets fan. Hmm. Oh, really? <laughs> but so before that, Tom Seaver was, you know, I had a poster of him. Big Tom Seaver guy. Um, it's just really sad to see when the legends of the game, you know, start to hit their later years and circle of life. Especially even in football too, with the with the CTE stuff going on, mm-hmm. these players are not the same, and they just they're just suffering the what the game did to them basically. Right. So. And um, in the hockey world, uh, Ted Lindsay passed away this week. I don't know if you know who that is. Yeah, um, I've heard of him. He was a Detroit Red Wings defenseman. Um, there's now a trophy named after him, the Ted Lindsay Award, which goes to the best player in the league voted on by the NHL Players Association. So um, that's really sad. Um, he was a monumental figure in all of sports, I'd say. Um, when he retired and it was time for his Hall of Fame induction, he actually boycotted his own Hall of Fame induction because <laughs> um, women at that time weren't allowed into uh, into the hockey world, I guess. Uh. But he boycotted it, and it really paved the way for every sport. Yeah, it's really, uh, it's really sad to see him go, but he's great. He's a legend. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so that kind of stinks. But on to uh, some lighter topics. Yep. <laughs> um, Antonio Brown, breaking news, got <laughs> traded to the Bills last night, and then not so fast. He didn't. Yep. Yeah, that was crazy. When when I heard that, I was like, "Damn it, man!" Because I'm I'm a Jets fan, and I I wouldn't want to play him twice a year. But, I mean, they have, they have a good quarterback in Josh Allen there, but I don't know if that would really be a good uh, combination with him and uh, yeah, A.B. Yeah, I, I don't really think so. No. Um, it's, no, it's no Big Ben, you know? <laughs> no, I mean, I don't, I don't think Antonio Brown realizes how good he has it with Big Ben. Yeah. And even the backups that have filled in when Big Ben goes down are pretty good. Hmm. Um, I, don't, I think he's just a spoiled prima donna wide receiver. Definitely, yeah. He's a little delusional, too, now. He's, yeah. he's kind of going nuts. He's speaking crazy things yeah i actually have a tweet here from i don't know maybe 10 15 minutes before it's from 5 11 antonio brown went on instagram live and said hey i'm about to announce my new team in a little bit all right 
Something positive is about to be happening real soon. Trust me. Stay by the phone. Big announcement coming soon. Big announcement coming soon. Mr. Big Check. <laughs> that was uh, what, today? That was today. He went on Instagram okay. Live. Interesting. So developing story. <laughs> yeah, developing uh, Antonio Brown is off his rocker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so where do, where do you think would be the best fit for Antonio Brown? Well, I know he, he kind of wants to go to, I think, San Francisco. Right. But I don't know if the Steelers would want to give in to his demands because he kind of <clears> screwed them and they probably want to screw him back. So right. I, mean, I would I send them to, like, Jacksonville yeah, to I mean, go play with uh, Blake Bortles and Nick Foles. <laughs> I think sending him to Buffalo would have been the perfect move. Yeah. You know, he already had to deal with cold weather. So yep. it's like, all right, now go deal with colder weather. <laughs> An unproven rookie quarterback who may be a bust. We don't really know. Um an aging LaShawn McCoy, no one really else on offense. Zay Jones, maybe, but yeah. nothing like he has in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, I definitely see Buffalo as a punishment towards him. Yeah. He doesn't have anything to work with. He would be the number one guy there. He probably would get an, an extension with a lot more money. But, I right. mean, do you take the money and uh, suffer from not winning? Or do you want to win and then suffer from not get the money you want? So, like, he's kind of in limbo there. Yeah, I mean, he's falling into the category of... The, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the NBA. I know you're a big fan. Yeah. I don't like how all these guys are just chasing the money and not what they grew up to, you know, achieve their dreams in professional sports and win championships. Mm. Um, and he's kind of falling into that right now. I think, um, I mean, maybe a possibility Le'Veon Bell signs with the Jets and then Steelers yeah. trade with the Jets. It's possible. I mean, I think but, that's the best-case scenario for Antonio Brown. I mean, he's a great talent. You, obviously, you want him on your team, but the things he's been doing over the past like few months, like he kind of devalued himself by doing these things. Mm -hmm. Like, If he stayed quiet and just like let the process go, then maybe like people would say, oh, let's try to bring him in, try to change his mentality and help him out. But since he's been doing this, I kind of don't even want him on the Jets. Yeah, I mean... He, I think he would hamper the development that we have going with all the young guys in the locker room. Definitely. But, I mean, he's he's definitely seen success at the with the Steelers. Mm. I mean, did he win it? Did he win a Super Bowl? Was he around I think for that? He, he was a rookie, I think, on their last Super Bowl win. But okay. he, he wasn't really... He didn't have any impact on the game. Right. I mean, so he's he's been in the locker room with some successful teams. Um, I mean, it's just insanity that receivers can kind of take over a locker room and you know kind of change the whole dynamic of a team i don't know i mean obviously there's issues with big ben yeah. i'm from my understanding it seems like they're both at fault even though they're kind of just blaming the other mm. i think he feels that they've given big ben a lot a lot of power that he doesn't he maybe thinks he doesn't deserve because mm -hmm. he, he has the right to like go out and criticize the players on the radio like and the, the owners don't even care like I mean, like he—he's a player also, so he does—he's not a coach or anything. So, I don't know if you can really give him that power to talk about people, to talk about his teammates like that, you know? Yeah, I mean, I don't think so. Um, that that kind of is uh, almost a LeBron effect in a way. Yeah. Um, just giving, you know, a player a, a stance that he probably shouldn't have. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Antonio Brown's a nut job. <laughs> um, I'm more of a. As far as wide receiver personalities go, I'm a big Larry Fitzgerald guy because he oh, kind of yeah, keeps definitely. to himself. Yep. One of the best of all time. Perfect example of, of how to conduct your uh, NFL career. Right. And, I mean, it, the fact that he flies under the radar so much is almost a testament to how good of a receiver is, he is and how he handles his business. Yep. Um, I know uh, a lot of the smaller market 
sports teams, they all have close-knit relationships. So I know he has a good relationship with the Arizona Coyotes. And Shane Doan, I don't know if you know who Shane Doan is. Uh, uh, he, I don't know who he is. He's a longtime captain of the Arizona Coyotes. Um, another true, true professional. Um, it's just it's interesting to see how the different sports teams mesh together. Um, yeah. Because he had his retirement ceremony last week, and Larry Fitzgerald was there. You know, a few other uh, Kurt Warner was there. A lot of the different sports players from the Arizona area were there. Yeah, I, I really like that dynamic. Like when cities like mesh their teams together, like mm-hmm. the cities that have only like one team in each sport, they have the ability to do that. It's like combined together, mm-hmm. like become like one big community. But like cities like New York and uh, Chicago, Philly, they have different. Uh, they have multiple teams in different sports, so it's kind of hard to mesh them together like that. Right. You know, like like how Boston does it with, like, the Celtics, the Bruins, the Red Sox, and uh, what are the teams don't, there? Don't say oh, it. Oh, the stupid Patriots. Yeah, I don't, we <laughs> like, don't, they, they have we a, don't really a, talk about them. They have a great uh, community together. Like, I, I would kind of like that as a New York fan, but obviously you yeah, can't because there's too, much going, too on. much going on. Yeah, um, Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of all over the map. Um Chargers fan, Devils fan, Phillies fan. So, I mean, I guess, I mean, the F- Devils and Sixers have the same owner. So, I mean, I guess there, there's a little connection yeah, there, but not Philly, really. Yeah. But not even, not even. Yeah, but you, you're from South Jersey. So, like, you're obviously closer to Philly than you are. Uh, no, I'm actually the right in the middle, about an hour from each. Okay. So, yeah. Um, that's even. <laughs> yeah. So, we'll talk about the NHL a little bit. Um, so a couple things. Ryan Kessler, uh, center for the Anaheim Ducks now, longtime Vancouver Canuck, hit a thousand games uh, this week. Just that's an that's an unbelievable number yeah, in any sport. It is definitely except baseball because they play one sixty two a yeah, year. It's but <laughs> but thousand games, huge deal. Um, as if that's not even a lot of games. Matt Cullen, center for the Pittsburgh Penguins. 1,500 games this week. Wow. <laughs> so that's just, those are crazy numbers. Um, yeah. So that's awesome. Um, Blue Jackets made a huge splash at the deadline. Yep. Yep. They're uh, falling farther. Uh, they're f- falling farther and farther out of the playoff <laughs> race. Um, yeah. The last I saw, they lost three out of four. It's crazy. Yeah. They, they kind of just went all in and now it's kind of backfiring on them. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is really in any sport around the trade deadline. It's do you make that splash and bring in the best players, but that could mess up your chemistry, or mm-hmm. do you stand pat with the team that got you there and then maybe, you know, lose that what-if factor? Yeah. Yeah, well, I wouldn't want to be a GM in that situation because you kind of – you're altering the franchise's future on, like, one or two decisions there. Right. Like with the Blue Jackets, they trade a lot of picks, a lot of young assets, and then now they bring in this – kind of uh, middle-aged talent, mm-hmm. and now it's, it's uh, hurting them now. Yeah, I mean, so. I mean, Matt Duchesne came in. You know, he's probably, I'd say, in my opinion, he's the crown jewel of all the the rental deals that got traded. Um, they acquired Ryan Dezingle from the Ottawa Senators as well. And to me, that's a little confusing because the Ottawa Senators are uh, – you know, they're kind of a dumpster fire right now. Yeah. And, you know, they've had a lot of off-ice issues, including the two of them. They've been involved in an off-ice issue this year. So maybe trading for 
guys that are in off-ice issues, maybe not the best move, um, especially with expiring contracts. Um, Artemi Panarin's contract is expiring. Sergei Bobrovsky's expiring. All these guys are going to leave. Yeah. So, so, I don't know. I think uh, Yarmo Kekalainen's in a, <laughs> in a ring of fire right now. Yep. Yeah, it's crazy to see that, how uh, that all worked out. But mm-hmm. now uh, you're a Devils fan, right? Mm-hmm. They haven't really had that much of a successful season. No, so, they have not. But what are your thoughts on the Devils and how they can progress going forward? So, I mean, right now it's just watching them is is painful. Um, they're beyond hurt. Um, the Taylor Hall, their best player, has been out since before the All-Star break. Um, I don't know, it's just one injury after another. Like, the other night, it was, I think, three forwards that were in the lineup were on the team to start the year. Um <laughs> and then maybe three or four defensemen. So, I mean, even their AHL guys that they're bringing up, it's just they're getting hurt. Mm. So they're running out of guys. But, I mean, going forward, I think first and foremost, lock up Taylor Hall long-term July 1st. Um, They're in the running for hopefully win another draft lottery. We (laughs) kind of struck gold with that one a couple years ago. Um, As long as they're in the top two. For the draft, that's those guys are both franchise-altering players. Um, Jack Hughes and Kako Capo. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, they're, right now they kind of have a bunch of their prospects playing, so kind of see what they got. Maybe yeah. Ray Shiro can. They're kind of low towards the cap floor. Maybe Ray Shiro can make another trade in, in the off season. Um, I don't know. Ray Shearer's got a plan in place. I don't know what it is, but hopefully he can pull us out of it. Yeah. Uh, did you guys trade? Uh, did you guys trade to Keith Kincaid, right? Yes, we traded Keith Kincaid. He went to the Blue Jackets. He's another one of those guys. Normal <laughs> kick line and traded a pick for. Yeah, it's crazy. He's kind of he's been pretty pretty decent goaltender. Yeah, he's been okay. Um, he caught fire last year, dragged us to the playoffs. Yeah. Him and Taylor Hall. Yeah. But I mean, this year it's been a rough season all around defensively. Goaltending's been rough. Mm. Um. I think the emergence of Mackenzie Blackwood also kind of pushed Keith Kincaid as the odd man out. Um, his contract was expiring. They probably weren't going to bring him back. Might as well acquire an asset for him. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's three goaltenders now in uh, Columbus. There's Sergei Bobrovsky who's going to leave, um, Eunice Corposalo, and then Keith Kincaid. So I think what they really did was just kind of acquire a backup goalie going forward if he resigns yeah. there. Now, moving on uh, down the road to the city. Now, it's kind of the tale of two cities with the Islanders and Rangers because mm-hmm. every day you see the Islanders winning and then every day you see the Rangers yeah, losing, I mean, basically. The the Rangers have a bright, very, very bright future. Yeah. Um, they have a goalie over in the KHL right now. Mm-hmm. He's probably going to come over within the next year or so. Yeah, Igor, right? Igor Shostyorkin. <laughs> um, he's a stud. I don't know if you've seen his stats. Yeah, he has like, uh, what, like, 10 shutouts over the last, like, 20 games. I'll, I'll like look that. up his stats right now. Um, yeah, it, they're, they're surreal numbers. Even I mean, take it for what it's worth. The KHL is a little lower scoring of a league, mm. but they're just they're surreal numbers. Um, yeah, when he comes over to the Wolfpack, I definitely got to go see him. Yeah. See what, see what he's all if about. He, if he makes it to the Wolfpack, yeah. he might go right to the uh, <laughs> NHL. Um, so his stats this year, he's got... 28 games played, uh, over 60 minutes he's allowing 1.11 goals per game, 
and he has a save percentage of 953. Crazy. So <laughs> keep in mind the elite goaltenders in the NHL sit oh. around a 9-3 save percentage. Hmm. So, I mean, just surreal. It's crazy. I mean, the fact that he's averaging a goal a game, it's, if you don't put a bunch of wins on the board that way, I don't know how you're yeah. going to put wins up. Yeah. Um, so recent recent news, John Tavares came back to the Islanders, mm-hmm. yep. the so, Coliseum, for his yeah. first game back. <laughs> I don't know. Did you see any of the stuff that went on? Yeah, I know they were like booing him and calling him names and all that stuff. And then they they got the fans got a lot of backlash for that because mm-hmm. obviously he put in his time with the Islanders, he did what he had to do, and then he just wanted to leave. So yeah, I so, can't really blame the guy for that. Yeah, I mean, I think he's earned the right to kind of choose where he wants to go with his career. Yep. Um, what what caught a lot of backlash was they were throwing plastic snakes on the ice during warm-ups. <laughs> and uh, as he was leaving warm-ups, they threw a jersey on the, right right behind him. I don't yeah. think he knew the jersey was thrown until after the game. But, yeah. I mean, that, that there's no place for that. But mm. all the other stuff, I think it's just good fan energy. Yeah. Um, some of the chants were funny. <laughs> I don't know. They yeah. were chanting, uh, where's your jammies? It, it's your bedtime. <laughs> um, what else? Oh, during the video tribute, they were chanting, "We don't need you." I think that's hilarious. I well, think yeah, they, they kind of don't because they've had success without him so far. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's a, a big attribute to um, they acquired Barry Trotz as their head coach. Yep. Um, Stanley Cup winning coach last year. Yep. Last year at the Washington Capitals. <laughs> yep. Capitals are actually beating the Devils right now. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think that's a huge testament to Barry Trotz. Take, I mean. Team doesn't look a whole lot different than last year, other than yeah. minus John Tavares. Yeah. Um, so just taking that talent that was there and just maximizing the opportunity. That yep, all the maximize what you got. Yep. Testament of a great coach. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he just recently hit the 800 win mark in the NHL, yeah, saw that. which is that's a crazy number. He's <laughs> I think top, I think he's fourth all time in wins now as far as head coaches go. Yep. Um, yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah, just great to see. Uh, even the Islanders even doing well because I think they deserve that. They've had a lot of bad years, so just to see them do well is is good for the city and good for just New York hockey in general. Right. Um, I mean, it's good to see. Uh, but you know, as a Devils fan, it's a rival. Yeah. Maybe not the best to see. Yeah. Same with the Rangers too. <laughs> so in New York, I'm assuming you know a bunch of Islanders fans as well as Rangers fans. Yeah. What what do you think the common consensus is as far as them going back to the Coliseum rather than playing at the Barclays Center? I know you live close to the Barclays Center. Oh, yeah, I, I think they, they hate the Barclays Center. Fans don't really like it, so I'm glad to see them go back to the Coliseum where where they started, where the roots are, and where really where their fan base is. Right. Because uh, yeah, the Barclays Center is not made for hockey. There's a section where you can't even see the net on uh, I think the far side, like it blocks mm-hmm. the net, so you can't even see what's going on. Yeah, so I mean, I, I went to I went to one game. It was Devils Islanders game at the Barclays Center, mm-hmm. and I couldn't see from the blue line to the net. Everything below that was cut out, and I couldn't see it. So oh. I missed like a whole face-off dot, like <laughs> a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, I mean, as as a fan for the fan experience, I think it's just really frustrating that you pay all the money to go see them, yep. can't see anything. Yeah, especially now that they're good, they're attracting more people to go, and then you got that problem, and just it dampens the experience as a fan. Right. Yeah, so I don't like that, but I'm just glad to see them going back to Coliseum, and then eventually getting their new stadium out in uh, where the Belmont. Belmont, yeah. Yep. And uh, I think the Mets are helping them uh, fund it. 
it's nice of so them. yeah i'm glad that they're using the yeah. money to fund the islanders but they're not using it on the team so yeah it would be nice to invest <laughs> in a player or two but uh you know it's the will ponds right yep definitely now i i like to see the jets maybe to make a move out there to get their own stadium out in long island possibly yeah because i think their um contract is up with metlife soon i think within the next five years mm-hmm. so yeah i mean i think that's an interesting move because you know being from jersey there's i'd say there's more Jets fans than Giants fans where I'm from. Um, I think that would piss a lot of people off if they moved out to Long Island. Yeah. Well, they they originated at uh, these play at Shea Stadium, so yeah. they obviously have a lot of fans down in uh, Queens and Long Island from back in the right. day, so it would, it, would, it would be nice to see them also move back to their roots. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> and get away from the Giants, because I, I know it's a split stadium out in MetLife, they both paid for it, but that that section is, is always going to be Giant Stadium. They're always yep. going to have control of that that area. You know what I mean? So we're still kind of like second class citizen there. Yeah, so it's I kind just of want little to see brother, them. big brother going yeah. on. Even though we've kind of been better than them the past few years, but with those two Super Bowls you guys got, yeah. or <laughs> 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 no? But I just want to see the. I'd rather see the Jets move out and get their own stadium if it's somewhere, even if it's not yeah. around. Maybe in Manhattan. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's a good move. Um, yeah. You know, being a Chargers fan, they recently moved out to L.A., mm. and the Rams also recently moved out to L.A. I, even though the StubHub Center is kind of a dump yeah. and, you know, it's too small, um, I, 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 I'd prefer them play there and not share a stadium with the Rams. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's interesting because, I mean, football is really the only sport where – they share stadiums. Mm. Um, I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head where, I mean, at least in the same sport where they share an arena because, you know, it's kind of common with hockey and basketball. Yep, yep. But the the Raiders and A's have been doing it for forever. Ooh. They've been sharing a stadium. Forgot about that. <laughs> but now the Raiders... The Raiders did, are moving did, to did, Vegas. Yes. But, but and, did, they're not they're not have a contract for this year. Did, did they... No, they, they renewed they it with uh, it? the Coliseum. Oh, okay. So they're going to be in Oakland for another year. Um, yeah, I, I saw something that they're trying to lock it up for until they move to Vegas. Mm. Yeah, um, they should do that because where else are they going to play? Yeah, I mean, no one wants the Raiders there. <laughs> the Raiders have a, you know, a trashy fan base and whatnot. Maybe um, like two years ago when they were good. But now they're yeah, rebuilding and dumpster fire Gruden again. just destroyed everybody. So. Yeah, I mean, Gruden really cleaned house. I mean, as a yeah. Chargers fan, I love that. But, uh. I mean, he's going to build the way – he's going to build the team the way he wants to build it. Yep. And I think when he has his team, I think they're going to be a very good team. Yep. But, like, I mean, he really didn't have to do that. Like, they had solid talent that you could build around without giving it up. They had, right. they had Mac, they had Cooper, they have uh, – what's his name? The quarterback. Uh, uh, Derek Carr. Derek Carr. Obviously, these guys you could build around and build a great team around them, but you just got rid of everybody. I mean, he accumulated draft picks. I think they have, what, three draft picks in the first round this I year? I think so. That's crazy, but uh, I hope that for his sake that the draft picks work out and he could actually build the team. Yeah, I mean, we know we know John Gruden from ESPN. He was the He's the quarterback camp guy. Yeah. Um, obviously, he's a very, very opinionated guy. Um, it, it makes me wonder if anyone else kind of really has a say. You know how there's some coaches that they they build the team. Mm, yeah. And, you know, the GM kind of does all the formalities and whatnot. It makes me wonder if that's what's going on in Oakland. It's possible. 
because they hired that guy from NFL Network, uh, Mike Mike Mayock. Mayock yeah, he's the, the, he's the GM now. Yeah, which so, is that's another interesting thing. Yeah, because they kind of both come back come from the the scouting background with ESPN mm-hmm. and NFL Network. So I can see them working together possibly, and like talking about who to draft and stuff. But I think you're right that Gruden runs the show, and he Mayock might just be like a puppet just yep. to do the. Whatever I mean, Gruden wants him to do. Another another move I think is eventually going to backfire on them is trading Amari Cooper this year. Yeah. Um. It was it was clear that once he got to Dallas that he could still play. Yeah. Um. He's, he's got to give him the opportunity. Right. I mean, he's been a very hit or miss player all his whole career, but yeah. I mean, he could still play. Yep. Um. I think that's going to bite him long term because I mean, past Derek Carr, who do they really have on offense? Yeah. Nobody else. I, I don't know. <laughs> I watch them twice a year. I don't know who's in the lineup. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously they traded Cleo Mack. What a what a bad move that's going to end up being. Um, I think my favorite quote of the NFL football season was John Gruden after a game. He said, "We need a better pass rush." <laughs> after he traded away the best pass rusher in the league. Yeah. Um, but he also said before the season, he said we had like the worst defense in the league with Cleo Mack. So obviously mm-hmm. he didn't believe in him and believe in his talents to help them get better. So. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a, I think that's more of a unit thing than what for what they had because he went right to Chicago and they, they yeah. that defense killed it all yeah. year off the bat. He yeah. made an impact. So, I mean, he he's a defense altering guy. He's he's yeah. a franchise player. Yeah. But I think uh, I think Chicago made a good move in uh, picking him up because they they kind of have. They had the offense to go along with the good defense, so mm-hmm. it was a great move by them to capitalize on what they have now. Right. Because I, mean, I know that the Jets are interested in getting them, but we don't have the offense to to win now. Right. Obviously, we would have boosted the defense, but it would have been lopsided, and we still would have been in the same position that we are now. So. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean that Chicago team's good. Um, yeah. Tar- the emergence of Tarek Cohen, that guy is a, that guy's he's a, a yeah. he's like a little Darren Sproles guy. Yeah. <laughs> He's disgustingly good. Mm. Um, Jordan Howard's a good bell cow. Yep. Um, they got Allen Robinson from Allen the Jaguars. Robinson. Yep. Great addition. Uh, Mitch Trubisky really came into his own this year. I mean, their defense. Kyle Fowler back there. D- disgusting defense. <laughs> I mean, yep. look look out for the Bears coming through. Yep. Um, and if uh, the kicker hits that field goal, they win. They and who know. knows how far they even they go? You know. Yeah, I mean, they're built for the playoffs. That's a very good football team. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, you're right. Watch out for Chicago next year, and hopefully they can uh, build on it and go far. Yeah, so, I mean, some other football news coming in coming in today. Olivier Vernon got traded from the uh, Giants to the Browns for Kevin Zietler. Yep. All-pro lineman for an all-pro uh, defensive lineman. What yeah. do you think of that? I like that move for the Giants because they, they, they really do need offensive line help. Mm-hmm. And you could always get another pass rusher in the draft. You could always develop one, especially in a draft that's very heavy in pass rushers yep. this year. So yeah, I like the move. Helps uh, Saquon Barkley. Helps his development. Gives uh, Eli another protector. So I think it's a great move. Yeah, I mean, looking at it, I mean, coming up, Eli shelf life maybe another ye- year or two. Yeah, maybe. It depends what they do in this draft. If they get right. a quarterback now, then maybe like a year year or so but if they don't then i see definitely two years right and the the emergence of saquon barkley really running rampant without an offensive line is mm. just it's crazy. that's that's <laughs> got to make giants fans very very happy yeah uh i i live with a giant fan in uh eric nybro mm, sorry and to hear that 
I I he believes that uh, Gettleman took Barkley because he was the best available player, but they're still rebuilding. Right. But I believe that they would try to like sneak sneak around, and try to do like a win now thing, and get with get Barkley so they could win now with Eli, without mm-hmm. trying to rebuild. Now, what do you think? I mean, I think when you have that high of a draft pick, unless you need a quarterback. I think you have to take the best player available. I think the Giants maybe did the right thing. Mm. Um, maybe. I mean, Eli probably could still play. Probably not as well as he did when he when he was winning Super Bowls. But, mm. I mean, I think he could be a formidable quarterback. And, you know, at least quarterback a team. He's been mm. around long enough. Uh-huh. Um, I think taking Saquon Barkley is the right move. But I mean, you have you have Odell, you have Sterling Shepard, you have uh, Ingram, you have all these pieces, but yet they still they're kind of in the same spot they were last year. Yeah, I mean, you know I, mean? I think I think the big thing that was missing was the offensive line. I mean, uh, Eli couldn't throw the ball because he was on his ass half the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, their defense wasn't great most of the year last year either. Yeah, so it's kind of a, it's a tough situation there in the Giant Bill. Yeah, but they, they do have the pieces to win now, but it's kind of like. It's like a, it's a retool. Right. I mean, I also, fly. I know some Giants fans like Pat Shermer. I don't know if some other ones do, but mm. Pat Shermer's a good coach. I mean, I think he was on a few good teams in Minnesota mm. when he was still there. I don't know. I think I think it's worth the wait to see. I mean, Evan Ingram, he's like another receiver yep. who could block. Yeah. Um, but he's kind of injury prone, so. He is injury he has, prone. If he stays on the field the whole season, he's definitely a great weapon to have. Right. Um, I mean Odell. I mean, you can't say enough about that guy. No, yeah. I mean all his antics. I mean <laughs> for what for what he brings to the football team, I think you just got to deal with it. Kind of yeah. like Gettleman and the Giants are doing right now. Yeah, yeah they, they said they didn't pay him to trade him, so right. They, they're gonna stick with him and gonna they're gonna ride it out and see what they what they get they could get out of him. Right. I mean the the only bad thing I could maybe see out of, coming out of this is maybe another Antonio Brown kind of situation where he gets fed up and awesome. you know makes a scene as if he already hasn't made a scene uh, but I mean you never know you never know what goes on in the locker rooms I mean they have PR teams to cover up everything that goes on yep. now how how big of a leash you think uh, Shermer has like does he have I mean, like, another they, like two years I mean if they come out and go what, what did they finish this year 5 and 11 yeah something like that uh, if he comes out and doesn't have a at least a good start where they maybe finish two and two, two and three. Um, I think you got to start thinking maybe, maybe not fire mid season, but maybe start evaluating what options you may have after the season. Um, yeah, I mean, as as a Chargers fan, I'm used to kind of head coaches maybe getting three, four, five years. Mm. Um, I don't know the the head coaching carousel. <laughs> At the end of the NFL regular seasons, one of my favorite days of the year. I love yeah. to see that. Yeah, Black Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody gets fired. But uh, yeah. So did did you see what happened with uh, Michael Bennett? I think with the Patriots are trying to trade for him, right? Yeah. So they traded for him. Um, he came out with a quote saying, uh, "I don't really care where I play as long as I'm getting paid more than I'm getting paid in Philly." <laughs> I think I think that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, I mean he's. Falls in that same category of chasing the money. Hmm. Um, did I think he won a Super Bowl though with the Seahawks? Yeah, he was he, on that team. Yeah, so I mean, he's he's won his Super Bowl. He lost in another. So I mean, at this point, you know, football players don't have a very long shelf life. He might as well go get his money. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, 
I think football especially because because of what they have to go through. Nothing's guaranteed. Just I think I'm fully on board with them taking money over mm-hmm. winning. Um, so him going to the Patriots, obviously the Patriots don't deal with behavioral issues or really any distraction of any sort. Um, he was Michael Bennett was very prominent in the Colin Kaepernick um, situation. I don't. I don't really know how I want to describe that, yeah. but I don't really want to get too in-depth yeah, into the Colin Kaepernick was, thing. But, he was in support of it. Right. Yeah. I mean, take it for what it's worth. Um, I think, you, I mean, you got to respect the guy that no matter what the political beliefs are on any end, that goes against the grain, follows what he believes in, and I, I, you got to respect that. Yeah, definitely. Um, but what he's a very outspoken guy. What makes me curious is how Bill Belichick and the Patriots deal with that. Yeah, because I think if uh, if he's told like to to like basically shut up, I don't think he's gonna take that really well. Me he's he's gonna come out and like say stuff against them too. So he's not gonna take it and just play. Right. I he's mean, gonna, he's the type of guy that's gonna say stuff and go against it. Right. I mean, even Josh Gordon, when the Patriots traded for him this season, he's known to been have uh, a lot of marijuana issues. He really has a lot a hard time staying out of trouble. Mm. Um, it. And I don't think he didn't finish the season, right? With no, the Patriots? No. no, he got uh suspended again. Yeah, so I mean it's it's interesting to see why the Patriots try to take on all the maybe the troubled players, if you want to yeah. label them as that. Um but if anyone's equipped to handle it, it's Bill Belichick. Yep. I think it's just they see the talent in them and they believe that they're they're well equipped to handle players like that. Like they could uh bring them in and kind of like change them and right. make them uh, follow their philosophy. So I think that's just the biggest thing. They just want to help these players and get as much talent out of them as possible. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting to see Bill Belichick kind of take nobodies deep in playoff runs every year. Yep. And then like like guys like Malcolm Butler, before he made that interception <laughs> against the, the Seahawks, you ever hear Malcolm he, Butler? Nah, he's a nobody. He's a nobody. He signed a huge contract with the tight or no. Uh, did he sign with the Titans or did he get traded? No, I think they cut him, and then he signs. All right, well, he went I, and got his money. I don't know if it was with the, was it with the Titans. Yeah, I think yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, him going to get his money off one play, <laughs> on a bad on a bad play call. Uh-huh. It's it's interesting to see how Bill Belichick. It I feels like that happens so much. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um. So moving into the NBA, LeBron passed. Michael Jordan, fourth all-time in points. What are, what are your thoughts? I mean, yeah, you gotta give respect to LeBron. He, he's done his he's done his thing, but I don't know. I don't know if I consider him. I still don't consider him like an all-time guy because he's still playing. You know, right. we can't really like uh, look back at his career and say like, oh, he did this and that because he's still he's still making his legacy. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't really like to uh, uh, what is it called compare the two. Because he's still playing, right? I mean, for my opinion, is is LeBron is LeBron. If you put him and Michael Jordan one on one against each other, I'm taking LeBron every time, just because he's you know he's a freak, of, yeah, he's a freak athlete. He's a freak athlete. He's like six nine. I don't know, two sixty five, something yep. like that. Crazy. Um, but what what really cements MJ to me as the better player is MJ was always team first. Yep. Um, he never really celebrated his personal accomplishments. I saw a quote that said, um, the only stats I care about is how many wins we get and how many rings we get. Um, 
obviously six rings, mm. most uh, all time. Uh, no, Bill Russell has eleven. Okay, all right, but well, he's undefeated, undefeated in the finals. All right, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think I think LeBron has what six finals losses now. Yeah, I think he's three and six. Yeah, so I mean, that that to me that's what makes Michael Jordan better. I mean, obviously they both have had star-studded teams, um, but what kind of rubbed me the wrong way this week during the game when he broke the record, uh, not broke the record, but when he passed Michael, uh-huh. um, is that he broke down crying about his personal accomplishment when his team was losing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. To me, team first. Yep. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? No, yeah. Uh, um, LeBron, I, uh, let's see. No, yeah, LeBron's a, a, a me guy. He's not a team guy. He uh, destroys franchises, as we saw with the Cavs. They're, mm-hmm. they're really nothing now. The Lakers are on their way to do the same thing. So, yeah, just a, I, I don't really like him as a guy. I, I would take Jordan over him. I yeah. Think, yeah. I mean, it, it almost seems as if he's more concerned with his off-court interests yep. rather than his on-court interests uh-huh. right now, which shout-out to Blaze Pizza LeBron. <laughs> Love you for that one. Um <laughs> But I think while you're an athlete, it's very important to do your off-field, off-court, off-ice stuff um, while you're playing. But there's also a time to go all in on that when you retire and really, you know, yeah, hammer all those interests. Capitalize on that, when right? You, when you're retired. I mean, it's it's very different for LeBron. He's been in the public eye since I don't know, 16 years old, yeah, 17 years school. old. Yeah. Um, so he has that platform. But at the same time, I'd like to see him maybe take the Lakers. You know, the Lakers are one of the best franchises in all sports. Mm. Maybe take the Lakers back to a finals and win. Yep. Um, focus all his energy there. Um, yeah, but you see him, he doesn't even play defense anymore. And then he goes and yells at his, his teammates to play defense. Coach LeBron. Yeah. So, yeah. It's just a, it's, they're not even, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs this year. No, they're six there's, and a half back there's no way, I saw. There's, there's no way they're going to make it. But um, yeah. so as a Knicks fan, what do you think they got coming this off season? The Knicks, the Knicks, the Knicks, man. <laughs> what do you think? I I hope they just get a good pick. Hope they get the number one pick, and I just hope they get at least one good free agent, just for the sake of sake of uh, my sanity. Just just get get Kevin Durant and a point guard and the first overall pick, and I'll be set. Well, I mean, that's, I'll be happy. <laughs> that's that's Kevin Durant, Zion Williamson, Kyrie, and or maybe Kemba Walker. I yeah. mean, that's that's. I I would take Kemba Walker and Durant. Yeah, I, and I, I don't even want any, any part of Kyrie Irving. I just want. Yeah, he Kemba. seems kind of like a wild card right now. Yeah. Um, it almost seems as if he took LeBron for granted, didn't realize what he had. LeBron <laughs> left, and now he's imploding because he doesn't know what to do with himself because yeah. LeBron's not there. Uh-huh. Yeah. So yeah, Kyrie Irving. I, I don't really like him too much. Yeah. I mean, he's a Jersey guy, though. There, there's got to be oh, that yeah. interest in coming home. Definitely. It definitely is. But there's also the Nets, too. The Nets have money. So maybe we could send him there. Yeah, you're like, yeah, let's, ship, let's ship him to the other <laughs> island. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think yeah. I think it's very important that they lock up Kevin Durant. Mm. Um, I'm a, I'll say it right now. You know I'm not a basketball guy. Uh-huh. Kevin Durant's my favorite player in the league. If he if he comes to the Knicks, I'm a Knicks fan. Yeah. <laughs> We'll, we'll take you with open arms. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't really pledge my allegiance to any NBA team right mm-hmm. now, um, but yeah, he, I, I'm a big Kevin Durant guy. He would definitely help us. He'd definitely make us a contender right away. If we get Zion, 
another great piece to have. I mean, Zion, he's he's going to come in and be the guy right away. Yep, definitely. And then we got Kevin Knox, Mitchell Robinson, Dennis Smith Jr. Got all these young talent around them. It would just be, I would be in euphoria if that, if that happened. Yeah, I mean, there there was a lot of talk that they should have drafted uh, Dennis Smith Jr. I think, who did, who did they take in that draft? They took uh, Frank Nielakina, who's still on the team. He's still on the team. What is he, bench roll? Uh, yeah, he comes off the bench. He starts a few times a season. Well, Knicks fans, you got your guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He he's kind of more a defensive guy, and Dennis Smith Jr. Obviously, he's a big offensive guy. So yeah. like they kind of he, counter he's an exciting out. player. Yes, he definitely is. They kind of counteract each other because Frank is a defensive guy. He's offensive, but I mean you, you can't play at the same time. If Frank goes to the two, you can't play them together. Or no, actually, you could play uh, Frank at the one and Dennis Smith at the two, and then you could play him at the same time. Right. And then just build around that. So. Yeah, I mean, basketball is interesting. Because the best team always wins. Mm-hmm. You know, it's ne- it's never a team catches fire at the right time and goes on a run and uh, wins. It's, in my opinion, best team always wins. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not like baseball where you could just get hot and this takes you all the way through October. Right. But yeah, basketball, yeah, I agree. Best team always wins. So, it's March. <laughs> Hopefully it snows going away soon. <laughs> Maybe get out on the golf course. Maybe, yeah. You, you pay any attention to golf, Chris? Nah. Not a big golf guy. All right. Well, I'm going to say some news about Tiger Woods. <laughs> Is that right. with a neck strain? I almost had a heart attack. <laughs> Anytime I see Tiger Woods injury update, it's never good for me. No, yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's always good to see Tiger Woods healthy and playing golf because he, he's basically, he's, he's, he's golf. golf. He's golf. He's the, he's the face of golf. Nobody really watches golf unless I think Tiger Woods is in it. Would yeah, you agree I mean, with that? I, I, other than the, the diehard golf fans, right? Like I mean, myself, he, he brings in <laughs> he brings in the audience. He brings yeah. in the ratings. I He's mean, in my opinion, I don't think any athlete has a bigger impact on their sport than Tiger Woods has on golf. Yeah. Um. I mean, you could say LeBron has a huge impact on basketball, but mm. I mean, the you don't you don't you don't have non basketball fans watching just because LeBron's playing. Yeah. I mean, if Tiger's playing well, non golf fans tune in to watch Tiger win. Yep. I mean, definitely. that's that's just a fact. Um, and seeing him play well again and win this past season was it was a good it was a good sign. I hope he gets a little major action this year, yeah. maybe win a major. But no, it's good to see Tiger back, get healthy. I need it for my mental health. <laughs> um, so what else is going on in the sports world, Chris? Uh, I think we basically covered everything that that's been going on. <laughs> yeah, um, trying to think of some stuff off the top of my head. Um, we got five minutes left, so. All right. You're listening to WNHU2, the online student stream from the University of New Haven. This is the Joint Pain Sports Podcast. So I had a great time talking to you, Matt. Yeah, thank, a great Thank time. you for coming on. Of course, anytime you guys want. <laughs> um, I think something good to maybe end on. Did you guys talk about picks to win the MLB awards last week? No, we didn't do that yet. All right, so maybe you want to talk about that for the last five sure. minutes. So All right, you- so you said your pick for NL MVP would be uh, Arenado, right? Nolan Arenado, yes. yes. Um, AL MVP, maybe a little back bounce back season from Aaron Judge. All the New York, all the New York guys <laughs> getting crazy over here. Um, what do you, what do you think AL MVP? AL, I think I think Trout takes it. I think he comes back, takes it again. Again, yeah, for like what, like the fifth time? Yeah, I don't think he's finished <laughs> lower than second since he's coming to the league in MVP voting. But it's crazy. Um, but NL, I'd say, hmm, it's a good one. 
You can throw Bryce Harper in there. Bryce Harper, he, he'll be in contention, but I don't think he might win it. But I mean, he's going to have to have a big season. Phillies are going to have to make the playoffs for that to happen. Yep. Um, I think I think Yelich does it again, back-to-back. Really? That's bold. Yeah. I, don't, I can't remember the last uh, MLB MVP that went back-to-back. Yeah, I really like the Brewers. I think I think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with this season. Mm-hmm. They're yeah, probably they're my good. second team to root for other than the Mets. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> once uh, May 1st hits, the Mets are always out of it. But <laughs> I mean, where, do you, where do you see the Mets going from here? With, uh, what do you think they need to do to solidify themselves as a playoff contender consistently? Because, I mean, they have runs where they maybe one or two years in a row mm. get there. But I think they have a solid lineup right now. I, I think it all depends on the health of the players. Obviously, Cano is getting up there in age. If he can stay healthy and hit 300 like he has his whole career, we got a good shot. But I think the, the biggest thing is the pitching. If Wheeler has a great season and continues his success that he had, you think they trade him? I, it depends. It really depends where we are at that point. Like at the deadline, if if he's having a great season at the deadline, I think we hold on to him and keep him for the playoff run. But if not, I think we should get rid of him because mm-hmm. we gave him a lot of chances. He's been here for like five years now. Yep. I think we should try to get assets for him. Right. And just uh, see if we could capitalize on that. But if he's having a great year and it's helping us win, I say we just keep him. Right. Um. To me, I think I think their most important thing is locking up Noah Syndergaard. I don't. Syndergaard or, De- or Degrom. Both. <laughs> I, I thought I thought they did. I thought they did lock up Degrom no, already. No, not yet. Um. I mean Brody Van Wagenen. He's. <laughs> Well of a name, by the way. Yeah. But he's got to get on locking those guys up. Um, more Jacob Degrom because mm-hmm. I think he's solidified himself as their ace. Yep. But I mean, I don't think Noah Syndergaard sniffed the highest ceiling he has. No, definitely not. Um, he hasn't played a whole season yet. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think once he figures out how to stay healthy and condition his body right, um, maybe like learn how to pitch instead of just throwing it. 500 miles an hour. Yeah, he throws heat, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I mean, he. it's pretty known that he maybe doesn't get stronger and condition himself the right way, mm-hmm. and maybe that's why he has injury issues. Yeah. Um, two years ago, he was doing those uh, the squats and, like, yeah. lifting heavy weights as a pitcher, and he messes up your arm. Right. You can't do that. No. I mean, it's most important for you guys. Yep. I think Robbie Cano is going to be another bad contract they have to deal with in maybe two, three years. Possibly. But if we could win, if we couldn't World Series within the next two years, I think it's That's great not going to happen, Chris. <laughs> Back to reality. <laughs> no, but I think the biggest thing, I want them to add another starting pitcher and also another reliever. But how, just, ma- how many just, starting pitchers do they have? They have DeGrom. They have Mats. They have Syndergaard. They have Wheeler. Yep. And, yeah, I mean, uh, just, uh, Vargas, Vargas, he stinks, but... Yeah, they're better off throwing him in the bullpen. And yeah, I'd rather have him in the bullpen and just pick up another starter just to replace him because right. I, I can't. He's not reliable. I don't want to deal with him. Right. I mean, who, who's that guy you got in the Cano trade? The closer, uh, Edwin Diaz. He's he's a stud. He's a stud, but can he duplicate his success from last season? Especially in a bigger market like New York, not exactly. everyone can play in New York. And there's a lot more pressure too, in, than in Seattle. Yep. But he had a lot of saves last year, and uh, hopefully, he could just duplicate that success and help us win games because obviously we know the Mets can't close out a game. So nope, they hopefully can't. solidify solidify that position. And throw that uh, back to Luis Castillo. Thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we got Familia back for the eighth inning. So he has closer experience too. So yep. hopefully he could bring that ex- ninth inning experience to the eighth inning and then just two lockdown innings and then right. win the game. I mean, you saw with the Yankees um, a couple of years ago when they had like Batances, Miller, 
Um, Chapman. Chapman. I mean, having a lot of ninth inning guys throughout your bullpen, very important because, I mean, it reached a point where if you got to the sixth inning with a lead as the Yankees, you weren't losing. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, if the Mets can maybe do that and hang on to eighth and ninth inning leads, you know, plus seven, nine, seven to nine wins mm. that they maybe lost last year. Yep, I take that, hopefully. We also have Lugo and Gaselman too. Out of yeah. the bullpen, who have that both have starting experience and they've been pretty clutch in the bullpen. So right, we could also add them to the the mix. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think something to wrap up with is gambling, sports <laughs> gambling, legal in New Jersey, not in Connecticut. Um, Which is strange because uh, Mohegan Sun up there is uh, right. I actually saw something that Connecticut's looking to legalize to legalize sports betting. And Mohegan wants in on that action, but um, apparently the state government doesn't want Mohegan to have a sports book for whatever reason. I think maybe because yeah. they're on an Indian reservation or something. Possible, I, yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know what the yeah. stuff behind that is, but <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, just quick pick uh, that I have tonight. Washington Capitals puck line. Looking pretty good now. <laughs> Let's win some money, boys. <laughs> so, yeah, take your bets and... Uh... Cash some bets, cash some tickets, (laughs) and we'll get out of here. All right. You're listening to WNHU2, the online student stream from the University of New Haven. This is the Joint Pain Sports Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. And tune in on Tuesday, 4 p.m. on WNHU for the Joint Pain Sports Show. And, uh, again, Matt, thank you for coming. Anytime. Great talking to you. And uh, have a good night.